All righty. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to Royal Blue FC Pod. My name is Eric. On the other side of the computer, we have Carson. Carson, how are you this night? I'm so good. So good. So good. So good. Um, for those of you who have not listened to this podcast before, uh, this podcast, we talk about Real Salt Lake and sometimes another team across the pond, but rarely we really do that. Um, this episode being Royal 041017. We will talk about four Real Salt Lake. We're talking about Real Salt Lake's recent escapades in the snow, um, or ice capades, or snow capades, however you want to put it. If you just some sort of capade, just a capade, you know what I mean, a capade. Um, if you want to reach us, you can reach us on Twitter at Royal Blue FC Pod. Um, you can also reach us individually at Eric Julio Castro on Twitter, and then Carson at Carson City. That's right. That is that is one hundred percent correct, Carson. You're triggered tonight. Why are you triggered? I'm triggered. Uh, well, you know, I'm sorry. Am I not allowed to be excited? Am I not allowed to be excited that we won? Am I not allowed to be excited that we just had a crazy snowstorm and just kick some butt? Listen, but it was the best of times and it was the worst of times, and I'll tell you why. Um, our our pod this night is sponsored by um, Rizzo the polar bear at the Hogle Zoo, who actually passed away of kidney failure um, yesterday. Rest in peace, Rizzo. Just saw the guy on Thursday. Our good guy. Uh, gave a lot back to the community in his time. He was like the, thir- uh, polar cave. He was like 30 plus years old, man. Sad day, but we appreciate him uh, sponsoring the show. So, well, we say goodbye to Rizzo, the polar bear. We also say goodbye to... Real Salt Lake and oh hello gosh. to good Real Salt Lake. <laughs> Things so, are getting, uh, we're getting straight into this right off the bat. Here we go. Uh, are we getting Dan on the beeps already? I Sorry, mean, Dan. I love it when Dan just beeps the the out of this. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, sure. Sometimes you just need to just go ahead and just the out of this. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine if that is actually <laughs> like you'll have no idea <laughs> the context of any of that. And that's fine. That's completely oh. fine. So, yeah. so Real Salt Lake comes out with a victory three to zero over Vancouver. And guess what? We have a win. First one since August. Carson, you're feeling great, but how great? Good enough for a slow clap. You're on your own on that one. That's, That's fine. Good. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that you'd join in. Oh, I feel good, man. Uh, trying to temper the excitement uh, or the happiness, I guess, so to speak. Because in all reality, you know, we only had about 45 minutes of actual soccer to go off of. Maybe, mm. maybe not. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to get into that if we can really, you know, look at that second half as something that we're going to see more of. Or if a lot of that was due to the weather, I guess only time will tell. Only time will tell, and we will we will get into that. But in other news, we're not in last place in the league right now. That's nice. We're in eighth place. We're not in a playoff position, 
granted we're one point out of not being in last place, but we're not in last place. I mean, we've got, you know, as they say, if you're not last, you're not last. So a hundred percent wise words, hundred percent true. I mean, Montreal impact still haven't won a game in either the Philadelphia union. So we're okay. We're okay. Yeah. So let's recap. Let's recap real quick. Let's break this down. Um, RSL goes home with a three, well, stays home, I guess, with a 3-0 victory off goals from Rusnak, Yura, and Mulholland. And we will break those down further as we go. But just first things first, let's let's talk about some things. The first half, it was cold. And it was precipitating a little bit, but not too much, right? Um, And then the second half was... Snowmageddon, basically. I don't know how it was. It was just basically a blizzard. Just basically a blizzard. It was basically like anything, any, unlike anything that we've ever seen at Rio Tinto Stadium ever. And uh, forget the fact that it was, you know, April. Right. I mean, it looked like it was just, you know, December 30th out there. Right. Interesting. It was very interesting. I think something that made it even more fun was the fact that they had to pull out the bright orange ball. That just brings so much joy to me as I watch the game. Yeah. Um, so now I wonder, I wonder if we just want to play with that orange ball for the rest of the year. Is that I mean, legal? maybe I that it's not listen, even if it's not, I'm okay with that. So let's talk about some tactic changes okay. because obviously we didn't change formation as they say. As Mike Pedke was saying, formation's just dumb, bro. Oh, sorry. Look, formation is just the way you start the game. It doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, how uh, tactically you align yourself after the kickoff, right? You you get 11 players on the field, and and, and they're going to do what they do, okay? They're going to do what they do. Kyle Beckerman, he's going to put his cleats into someone's ankle. Okay, that's just what's going to (laughs) happen, okay? Um, So... So just looking at it real quick, I saw um, we're actually looking at it now. There was a chart put out as far as stats go um, on players' positions where most of their touches were, most of their possession, and where the majority of their passes went. And looking at this kind of looks like what you wanted it to look like. How about you expound on what our actual game, what our actual tactic and formation looked like in play. I feel really good about this because it actually means that I might know something about soccer. Man, which still, I still pretend- debatable. Well, go Yeah, whatever. You're a <laughs> face. But uh, generally speaking, I don't know anything. Uh, but this I kind of felt strongly about, and I've talked about it on previous pods, that I've always wanted us to turn our inverted V into an actual attacking V in the midfield, meaning that we don't just have two players a la uh, what it has been in the past, Sonny or Kyle or uh, Luke and Kyle, and both of those players sitting back as holding midfielders, right? Um, I would have much rather viewed us in, instead of having two and one, having one and two, meaning two kind of attacking midfielders going forward and I know the way that we lined up was is we lined up almost exactly the same way, right? But if you look at this chart, and we sh- we'll post this on Twitter uh, for you to see, you'll see actually Luke and Rusnak 
their positioning on the field and where most of their touches were, were pretty much right on top of each other. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that they need to be, it, it absolutely doesn't mean we should have two players on top of each other. But what this chart is showing is that, you know, I would assume that when, when Luke is there, Rusnak is making a run out wide or he's making a darting run, which we saw happen that resulted in a goal. Right. Um, but what you're seeing is two attacking midfielders getting forward and Kyle having the freedom to play the position he's always been successful at playing, which is that holding central midfielder there on his own, having the space to pick out and ping balls um, and being able to distribute to start the attack. Right. And you see that and it makes so much more sense and it was so much more successful this week. Right. And I think something that um, we had also talked about last week a little bit was the starting position of the players was much more um, further up the field. And I think what we also saw was when the, when Vancouver turned the ball over, when we also like one possession, everyone was moving forward much quicker. And beyond that, if Vancouver had the ball in their own half, even in their own third, we were pressing higher than we typically have. That's something that I noticed. Um, it wasn't just, you know, you're uh, just kind of wandering around pressing, you know, a center back here, a center back there and kind of having having the number 10, which was Rusnog in this case, um, also press up a little bit. But I mean, we had sometimes four of our players in their third in our attacking third, right, pressing them as they had the ball. And I think that also makes a little bit of a difference. Um, and for me. I think it worked and, and we can see that in the first half. And as we talked about, the second half became poop garbage basura as soon as, you know, the snow started to fall, but the first half looked good. We just couldn't finish our chances. So we can go over that a little bit. I can just think of a couple off the top of my head. Joel Plata had quite a few missed opportunities. Um, right in front, right in front of the, right in front of goal, right inside, you know, the six. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that if if I know a lot of people say you know strikers are temperamental and as soon as they get one, they'll then start rolling. I I can believe that to some extent, but that means Joao's got to figure something out to get rolling soon because there were lots of opportunities which he was given that he wasn't able to finish. Granted, I am glad that he was able to get in those positions and that the the team was able to put him in a position where he had a scoring opportunity, right? Um, so here's here's what I want to say about that. Just the fact alone that he's making cutting runs into the box means that it's not just Yura, the only one single guy in the box trying to get on the end of a cross. And that's what right. we've seen right. up to this point all year. He's been the only one in position to try and make a run anywhere, and he's sandwiched by two or three players, right? So it means that we have a secondary run happening in the box. And honestly, I'm just glad... Um, that we have Zhao back in the in the lineup. I thought he looked really good, brings a veteran presence onto the field. Um, and having the ability to bring Sebastian Salcedo off the bench, are you kidding? Like, I just don't, I don't know that Zhao's going to be real happy about him coming off the field often, but I think that Sebastian has earned that. Um, right. And he's going to so be too. a super sub for this team. He, he's going to be a super sub for this team. But going back to your point about those those center backs, I mean, the outside backs coming up, pressuring higher. Everybody pressuring up higher. It wasn't just a little bit of a difference. That made the whole difference in the game. Right. I mean, you were seeing how many times did Vancouver turn the ball over carelessly, but it isn't in, – in essence, it's not just because they're making careless turnovers. It's because they're getting pressured that high up the field. Right. And it forces teams into bad turnovers, and all of a sudden, oh, we have the ball 
30, 40 yards out from goal rather than we're picking up the ball in our in our own third and then trying to build our way out from the back is what it's been right. in the past. So right. huge and change and a huge success, I think. Right. And I think I think as well to go off of that, we were also able to see what you were saying at the beginning with Kyle playing that, that sole role right there in front of the two center backs as the defensive mid. And I think at times we were able to see some, we, we were, we were seeing some confusion with the two defensive mids in front of the center backs where it would become almost like a rotating thing where like if Sonny would press, Kyle would stay back or if Kyle pressed, Sonny would stay back. But I just don't think we were successful at it. And I don't think it was producing what we needed it to. Kyle does what he does best. And that is run really slow in front of the center backs and makes great passes. <laughs> no, but the thing about Kyle is he's made up for his, for his pace with the way he positions himself. And Obviously. I've just felt like for, for the last couple of years, it's it, he, he is better on his own as a six, as a true six right. than he is with someone there helping him. And it's like, yeah, okay, he's lost a step, but it doesn't matter. Like Kyle, Kyle's smart enough to know how, when to be in position, where to be in position. Very rarely are you going to see Kyle Beckerman out of position, no matter how slow we all might think he is, right? And right. so it's not like we need another player back there to help him. And the contrary is we need more space for Kyle to be able to do, do what he does best, which is distribute the ball, right? And with that second player being there, he's just pinging little teeny you know, five to 10 yard passes. Whereas when he has more space in front of him, he's able to pick a player out and start a break or pick a player out and start a, a good string of possession. Right. So it just, it just seems like he's so much better when he is left with some space and some freedom to create. Right. Right. And I think we were able to see, we were able to see that. Um, now Vancouver isn't a great team. I think we can all agree that Vancouver definitely isn't, it doesn't look like they'll be a contender this year. I mean, we're again, we don't, we're not many games into the season. Um, but I well, think the team we, they brought definitely wasn't, no, you know, it was, it was kind of a B team, like you said. But, um, I think, I think what we're able to see is I think we saw something different and something more exciting. And something that I think we saw on Saturday night that I haven't seen in a while is a full 90 minute. Like it felt like a complete game. Like it didn't feel like we broke down or lost tempo at any point. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I really felt like the full 90 minutes. Yes. Vancouver at times was able to gain possession and get a shot, but I mean, you have to expect that at some point. I don't know. I just think, I, I think it was a, you. I was thinking, I think it was a complete game. And I think it was, it was even last season we were winning, you know, the beginning of the year and there was still, it felt like, you know, we'd have 30 minute spurts of like, Oh wow, this is incredible. And then part of the game where it's like, Oh, hold on tight because things might get really ugly. Um, but I, I really think it was the most complete game I've seen in a long time from real Salt Lake. I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent, but I think what I'm most impressed with is, okay. We asked ourselves last week on the pot, what can we expect from Mike, uh, Mike Pecky? And what do we really want? I think we want an identity, right? That's one thing right. that our former manager, our, our former coach never built. And it seems like even just after one game, if you were to ask me, what's our identity under Mike Pecky? It's we're going to press high. And when we get the ball, we're going. And we're right. going to attack really hard. 
What's the drawback? The drawback is, yes, certainly we're going to leave ourselves vulnerable at times. It seems like, right? Because we press up high and if a couple passes get through us, then they might be off to the races. So, you know, something I think that fans can look forward to just based off of this one game. Again, we're looking at this in a, you know, under a microscope because we only have one game to look at and we could be completely off. I could look like an idiot in two days, which I am kind of an idiot, but yes, um, you are. Yep. Right, right. But that's beyond the point, right? Right, Um, right. Well, not really. The point is that I'm an idiot. So um, (laughs) I'm kidding. No, but I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a a brand of soccer that is that is high tempo. um, That's that's hard ran. I mean, you're going to see guys just busting their butts, getting back and forth for pressing that high all game. But also you're going to see teams are going to get opportunities just because of the way that we're pressing. Uh, And that's okay because, you know, we have a great goalkeeper. Um, when we're healthy, we have some really good center backs. And it seems like we've got now, and I don't know, maybe we'll hold our breath on this, but it seems like we have three solid outside backs now with the addition of Danilo Acosta. Danilo looked freaking awesome. Danilo Acosta looked incredible. And I actually think, so he's not naturally a right back, correct? Left back. Correct. He left back. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I love Damar, Jamar, Kamar, Rabar. Yeah, I, I love the guy, right? I just don't... Uh, I hate this. I hate this right now. But And I think part of it is I love the new blood that we're seeing right now. Like, part of me was like, yeah, start start a Costa over Phillips once Beltran gets back. And I know that's probably not realistic. And I know Phillips is probably a more veteran, more skilled player. But maybe he's not. And maybe, just maybe, playing the young kids... I don't know. I, I, I like I like that idea, and I, we, we've heard that we've heard that repeated by a few fans this year. Just play the kids, you know what I mean? Like Dallas has been doing for a long time. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't. I don't think you have to love Acosta at the expense of like not liking Phillips. I think they're both really capable. I mean, Phillips I like Phillips. Guy, so I mean, I like Phillips. Just I don't not, like I, him I, well, as a person. I don't even know what that means. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. JK, JK DeMar, <laughs> don't kill me. No, but I think it, I think it's great that, that we have, like, I don't know. To me, it's Danilo Acosta, no matter which side it's on, if DeMar's down for a week or Tony's down for a week, we've got a guy to fill in. Like, on both and sides. And I think with this type, with this type of a, a system, uh, with how high uh, Pecky is asking these outside backs to get up and pressure – the less likely it, it, I mean, the less effective a guy like Chris Winger can be right. in that position because he just doesn't have the pace anymore to get back quick enough. So that, that so I mean, that brings up another so question: is Chris see, is Chris now a center back on our squad? At this point, look, and I think I think Schmidt would have started this game this week if it wasn't for having a nineteen-year-old out at right back. Right. And I think that's all it was. I think that it's, you know, okay, I don't want to start two rookies on the right side, so I'm going to bring in Chris, who can kind of be that veteran steward to help help him out. But, I mean, it is a nice luxury to know that you have, and I don't think Winger's a great center back. Um, I think he's definitely your fifth or sixth choice. But he's <laughs> that's a good what we're down to. Choice. That's what we're down to. He's a good, he's a good fifth or sixth choice, though, right. if you think about it. But, I mean, think about it. Once we get healthy, if you have a David Horse there to be able to – you know, kind of shepherd Acosta if that's where he's playing, or if you have Justin Glad or you have Aaron Mon there, like you feel comfortable, you feel pretty good about it, right? Right. 
So exciting stuff for the back line, I think. Exciting stuff. Exciting soccer. Um, oh, it just looks great, guys. <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing. I am so I excited that we won. Um, so let's let's talk. I, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. You and I are gamers, FIFA gamers. Um, and every now and then I look at my tactics and I think like, what, what can I do better? What can I do better? And, and, and I think our minds are a little different and my, I am very defensive minded. Like my first criticism of every one of my games, when I look back on it, it's like, why did I allow that goal? Like, that's always what I'm looking at before I look at why didn't I score? I look at why did I allow that goal? And that, and that may be just a product of some of the sports teams I followed where a lot of the sports teams I followed over the years have been very defensive first teams. And I think a question, and I think that's something that maybe, and I may be off on this, but I think Jeff Kassar's focus a lot of the time was defense first. And I think we were pretty defensively sound for a while as a team. And there'd be little breakdowns, and we'd lose a lot of one-zero games, two-one games. You know what I mean? We're getting blown out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I right. think, the, but right. I think the answer needed to be, and I think you play more this way than I do. Like in FIFA, you you're like we need to attack, and like you were saying earlier, like we may be more vulnerable, like on the back end, but you need to score to win. Like there, there are two things that really matter: goals that you score and goals that are scored against you, right? And so you, when, if you're figuring out like, okay, we're, if you're too focused on don't allow the other team to score on you, I think you can lose sight of we're not pressing high enough to be dangerous. We're not taking chances. And sometimes those chances are going to put you out of position and put you in, in, in places where you are much more vulnerable. But if you don't take those chances and you don't take those risks, you may not score many goals. And I think that might have been part of our issue. I may be way off, but I was thinking, I was, I don't know. I think I overthink a lot, but I was actually thinking about that over the past weekend and just our mentality has been a little different. And I even thought that, you know, under, anyways, I guess that's another, another subject. I was thinking about the USMNT, but I was thinking to myself, like, you know what, I, that might've been our, our issue as well. I mean, our issue might've been, we had a psychotic German as our coach. I'm not really sure. Anyways, right. anyways, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I just think I, I was just thinking about that. No, I just think, I mean, Jeff did bring a defensive mind and everything. And he talked about in every single preseason camp, we just, we just focused on, on, on our defensive shape and defensive how we were shape, shaping yep. defensively. Yep. We our heard defensive that all the shape time. And what we looked, what we, what our defensive shape looked like. Well, right. yeah, our defensive shape, the shape was fine, but the shape was built all the way back into our own third. And we just invited this pressure and we were never able to get out of it because we were stuck with two guys in the middle of the field. Kyle had no freedom to distribute the ball. We didn't have guys making runs. By the time we got the ball up, it was either a center back trying to ping it out to the winger, who's then tossing it across to Yura alone. I, I remember vividly during, uh, there were a couple runs of play where we had the ball, we were up in our own, into the attacking third, and there were four players in or around the box not including the outside back who was trying to get service in the box. Right. Right. I, I would, I would love to have anyone look at tape of real salt Lake over the last two years or three years under Jeff Kassar, where we ever, other than it on a set piece or at an end of a game, when we're just doing everything we can to get a goal, find me a run of play where we have four guys that are either around surrounding the 18 or making cutting runs in the box. Right. Never. 
yeah, okay, you have five players that high up on the field. If they break out and counter, you might be vulnerable. But listen, you can't, like you said, you can't win games unless you score goals. And it's really hard to just just have a 1-0 victory every single game. I know the Colorado Rapids did it last year, right? And that's that was their formula to success. But generally speaking, if you're going to be like, we're going to have a clean sheet every single game, and we're going to get four shots on goal and we're going to score one. Like you have, and you know, that was like always Kassar's thing. Like, well, you know, Yura gets one chance. He needs to put it away. It's like, well, Jeff, you know, like we, you need more than one chance right? because, right. you know, the odds are against you. So well, these aren't Premier League strikers. These aren't Premier no, League strikers that finish a very high percentage of their chances. I was thinking about that as well, where you have a team like Leicester City last year in the Premier League that's able to win um, the league by just finishing the few chances that they got they got because they were outpossessed in a lot of the games they played but Vardy was just finishing at a phenomenal uh percentage you know what i mean and i think and i think we just don't have those kind of players so you need to give them more opportunities and i think we saw that in this game like listen we gave at least 3 in the first half uh, opportunities to Joao like on a platter not to be confused with his name, not to be confused with his name, Plata, right? But we get, we, right? And he wasn't able to finish him, which again, in his defense, it's like he needs to get more chances. That's fine. He's going to finish one. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think we were able to see a much more dangerous team. And you could hear Brian Dunseth on the calling the game. And it's funny because he is like, let's, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. The guy is an RSL homer, like, period. I know how he likes right. to say he's not. I like him a lot. I'm not saying I don't like him. And I don't appreciate what he does for our team and for the fan base, but he is. And so up, I, he, he was on Saturday saying things that were, you, you were able to deduct from what he was saying that this team looks better now under Petke than it did under Kassar. And he was saying like, look, Oh, look at those chant. Look, look at this. Look at that. I mean, this is this is something different. This is something new. This is something that we haven't seen. And he was able to actually, in that way, criticize maybe the 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 not identity, but maybe the direction of the team under Jeff Kassar, just by the way he was praising what Mike Pecky was doing. But again, he never would have said something like that just while Jeff Kassar is there. Anyway, right. interesting. Interesting, interesting. Let's move on to a couple other other topics from the game. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was we are undefeated under Pedkey. I mean, do we well, need to no say anything else? else? So. Nope. Okay, we'll move on. Kyle Beckerman gets subbed off. We're skipping the goals. We're going to talk about them in a second, but we're going to skip ahead to that. Kyle Beckerman gets subbed off. He gets confused about who to give the captain's armband to. He gives it to um, he gives it to Omar, right? Omar then goes and uh, gives it to Wingert. Um, anyway, I, I thought I thought it was interesting, and some people were some people were you know questioning like why is Kyle getting subbed off? Is this a is this a power play by Pedkey? And but I mean I saw from what I saw, I know Pedkey gave Kyle a handshake and a hug as he came off. I don't think that was disrespect at all. I think what we were looking at is maybe getting Omar a little bit more time on the field because he hasn't seen anything. He didn't see anything under Kassar. I mean, Omar was playing. He wasn't for the even Monarchs. in the eighteen. Right. 
Right. Holness wasn't Which even, yeah. drove me nuts. Right. And so I think it was getting him time. And I think he knew, I think, I don't know. I think that's really what it was. And I think Kyle understands that. You know what I mean? And he, Kyle's getting old. Um, anyway, I don't know if there's anything else we can look into that. Anything, any deeper we want to dig into that. I don't think there's anything to see there. Nothing to see there. Kyle came off the field because he worked, he worked a great shift and it's freaking cold. It's snowing outside. Get the guy off the field. He's old. Uh, Meaning, meaning if there's a guy that deserves a couple minutes rest, you're up three zero. That's a perfect time to get Kyle off the field. So there's nothing in that for me. Right. Um, And then further, you got our substitutions. Sebastian Salcedo comes on for Joao Plata. And like you were saying, Salcedo deserves that. And deserves that look. He deserves to come on the field. And then the one that kind of bothered me was Luis Silva. Gosh dang it. Luis Silva is probably the biggest disappointment of this year so far. Outside of like Sonny. Outside of maybe our record? Individual player. I'm kidding. Dude, Sunny, Sun, dude, Sunny, Sunday. I love man, Sunny, dude. I still, but I still love Sunny, and I still have hope for him. Like as I a think human, he could be in a funk. As a human, no, no, but like in, as a soccer player, like I think he really could be in a funk, and I and I hope he does come back. But maybe as a human, he's not coming back. He might be in a dark place. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on with Sunday, Sunny, Sunday. Sunday, Sunny, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think Omar deserved to come on the field. I think that I think that Sebastian deserved to come on the field. I think that Luis Silva is going to be just fine. I really do. But I think I think in this type of a system, with with the way Pecky's running things, he can be very very valuable because he is better going forward. And I dare say that he might be better than Luke going forward because Luke just scores weird A goals and just who even knows what's happening. So let's, Luke, <laughs> so let's, like let's his ju- face, who knows what's going on. <laughs> let's jump to the goals then real quick. I Listen, we just talked about the game for a good, you know, 15, 20 minutes, however long it's been, and we didn't even talk about the goals yet. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't know how much you can read into what happened because of the second half being snow crazy so basically what ends up and what i loved and i don't i was going to ask you about this um you played much more competitive soccer than i ever have or ever have dreamed will to be play ever in my life um but the ball as you could see it like the guys like as they're moving up the field this is my favorite they're dribbling up field right taking touches and the ball just is stopping right it's like gathering snow and just stopping and that is and i think in a sense like if you take too big of a touch, you're still probably okay, right? But you can't take mm-hmm. off. And so I think there's like a benefit to it in that sense. But obviously, it's not what you've practiced on. So it's going to be hard for everyone. But I thought, you know, in a sense, could it be a little fun to play in that just because it's like, oh, look, the ball's not moving. Like, this is different. Like, this is a different game. Like, this is throwing all of us off. I don't know. I don't know if that's fun, um, especially when your paycheck depends on it. But. I don't know. I'll tell you this. It's a lot. It's really fun to play soccer in the snow when you win three zero and you're scoring goals. If you're not, it's freaking miserable. So right, right. I'll tell you that the Vancouver Whitecaps players were probably miserable. But then again, they did ask for the snow because they have little teeny Christmas trees all over their jerseys. Listen, I didn't notice that until you texted me that. And I was like, yeah, there are just little Christmas trees all over their j- pine trees. I, I guess I don't know. They might not be Christmas trees. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm sure. I, I don't know. I'm sure 
there's some clause in the clause, Santa Claus. I'm sure there's some, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure they're not celebrating. You know, we're, we're very inclusive league. Don't cross the line. Okay. Don't celebrate Christmas on your Jersey. You celebrate everything. You know what I mean? You just got to know where you're exactly right. I'm exactly not sure. Right. Where I'm, not, we I'm not sure where I am. Tangent. I'm not I sure. Where I am. Anyway, anyway, so let's go, let's go to the goal by Rustock. Great pass from Plata. Rusnak is basically cutting up the field between the center backs. He cuts left when he gets inside the box, makes a couple of stutter steps, and then is able to slide it near post past the keeper. And my wife was saying to me as we were watching this, he's like, oh my gosh, it must suck to be a keeper in this weather. Like, just completely suck. Oh yeah, so bad. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? Like, holy crap. I don't know. No, no, I don't know. I don't know how you, especially when seeing when it's wet, whenever the, whenever it's wet on the pitch at all, your, your coach or anyone that has played soccer competitively will tell you, keep the ball on the floor because it's so much harder to stop. It's so much harder to get down when it's wet, you know, as a keeper. Right. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a brilliant finish by Rusnak. You know, he deked both defenders. He had everyone thinking that he was going far post, had the keeper thinking he was going far post and just slotted it right in near post. But tell us about um, okay. his spirit fingers. Oh, but that the goal and the spirit fingers were the best. It's, go back and watch that goal, everyone that's listening right now. Go watch that highlight on MLSsoccer.com and watch as he scores and he just looks and he doesn't know what to do. He's just so happy and he just shakes his hands like he just just shakes him just like. So, so tell me, <laughs> like, tell me real quick, Pedkey, Pedkey, what's going through your head when you see someone's spirit fingers like after a goal? Look, uh, uh, I'm just happy for Albert because he's put in a lot of work on the practice field and it's yep. translated into two assists and a goal. Yep. If he wants to shake his hands like a little girl because he doesn't know any better, that's fine. That's fine because uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you come to the park and it's cold and you score goals and you're happy and uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. That's great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. No we'll problem. get back to you in no a second. Problem. Um, Thanks. So, so <laughs> goal, goal, second goal comes from Euromovsisian. Great pass from Rusnak. If you go back and watch the replay, Rusnak basically crosses field, crosses the whole pitch with that pass, and he just, you know, goes to the ground. That's how hard, that's how much he had to put into that pass. And I'm sure it was much harder because of the snow, right? <laughs> he puts everything he can into that pass and just goes straight to the ground. Um, but puts it right there where Yura can get it. Yura takes, you know, he, it was almost the same, same position move, yeah. and type of move that Rus that Rusnak does, except Yura puts it far post and out and friggin' uh, ousted, right? That's his name. Yeah, yeah. He gets a he gets a glove on it, and you feel bad for the guy because guess what? He made a reach and he made the right move, and the ball still rolls in. I mean, I don't feel that bad for him because I want a Real to win. Obvi, obvi, um, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it was good. It was good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's any more to, to speak on that. And Yura actually, I thought what was cool is after he scored, he called, he called everyone over. You know, he kept calling mm -hmm. all, all the teammates over to celebrate with him. And I'm glad to see that because there have been times under, you know, in his short, you know, year and some odd months now with the club where I felt, you know, Maybe he's just looking out for himself, but I think that kind of showed to me like, you know what? I think Yura is here for RSL. You know what I mean? If he well, believes, he he'll just stand up on his feet. You know what I mean? And he'll shout yeah. it loud, Real. 
Yeah, well, that and the fact that Javi's not here for him to try and fist fight every single time. Unbelievable. Do, do you taken. remember? Do you remember when we had those kind of awful, just baby fights on the field? I mean, in between that and Burrito just giving up during a game. Do you remember that? <laughs> Javi, Javi, and, and you're uh, every time there's a PK, there's a chicken fight for the ball. Like, oh my just God. two little girls fighting over it. No, but and in all reality, I think that Euro was calling the whole team over to celebrate one, but two to waste time because that man loves right. nothing more than to waste a little time. You know what uh, I mean? He loves it. Gamesmanship, bro. Gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last goal by Luke Mulholland. He, yeah. <laughs> Eric Castro. Eric Castro gets shut I up again. I am your father. He doesn't say Luke, I am your father. Little known fact. Um geez, Louise. So I don't mind Luke. Like that's a thing. He just sometimes makes just passes to nobody. And he did it again. Like he just he just makes passes to nobody and it pisses me off. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't Luke. Maybe it was Jeff. Like maybe it was what Luke was playing. Cause I get, cause Luke had a better game, like completely honest. And that's coming yeah. from someone that has not been behind Luke. I'll bet it was probably Kassar just going out there and being like, Hey Luke, Hey Luke, screw this one up for me, buddy. Dude, could you muff this up for me, please? Could you just go out there and muff this up? I don't know who you're talking about. Cause <laughs> that's supposed to be Jeff Kassar. That's how Jeff talks when he when he gets talking, you know, um, about, you know, sabotage and stuff. He changes his voice into a menacing muff it up voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just got to go out there and muff this up. Muff it up somehow. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. <laughs> anyway, Mulholland actually scores. There's a corner. Um, and obviously he's got to score off of his um, hamstring. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not quite yeah. his hamstring. It's like the inside of his thigh. He like jumps up in like a, a ballerina move, one knee higher yeah. than the other, hits it with almost his crotch and, you know, just puts it in. I, what the heck, dude? That's almost as good as Dempsey's crotch goal against Portugal in the 20, uh, what was that, 2014 World Cup. Do you remember the crotch hey. goal? Of course I do, but Eric, tell me this. Did the ball go in the net or not, bud? The, listen, the ball crossed the line. You're not supposed to cross the line according to, you know, Josie Altidore and company, but he crossed the line, and he scored What's a freaking goal. What's that supposed to mean? You mean Josie doesn't like to score goals? Uh, Toronto's not doing too hot this year. You know what I mean, man? Giovinco, Giostinko finally scored a goal. So, yeah, I love Giovinco, but I think he might be getting bored of MLS. That might not be true. Um, anyway, so Luke scores. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Do you want to talk about it anymore? Nah, not really. I'm pretty no. stoked we scored three, though. I mean, it was great. So let's talk lastly. We'll wrap this up here. Jordan Allen has been out with an injury for a while now, a few games. Let's talk about whether he's lost his starting place. And further, let's talk about whether he's lost his place on Earth. Mm, I think he'll be on Earth for a while. Okay. Uh, but okay. I think that Brooks Brooks Lennon, after Albert Rusnak, has been the class of this side for sure. Correct. He's been nothing short nothing short of great. Um, I know he hasn't uh, you know gotten his foot on the end of a goal at this point, but he's just been so dangerous. He's looked so good. I mean, dude, he just freaking annihilated those two whoever they are on the outside during that entire game. Um, <laughs> and seriously, whoever. like, 
Well, one of them was Dean. I don't need, I don't know who the other guy is, but is, I I vividly remember Dunny saying these those two guys want nothing to do with with Brooks Lennon anymore. They are so sick right. of this guy. De Young was a muscle De Young. I mean, yeah, I think it actually was. Yeah, and De yeah, Young tried to like punch him a few times because he's a big old freaking dude. I sneaker. hate De Young. Gosh damn. But anyways, uh, Lennon looked great. I think. I, I don't see any situation where Jordan deserves to, to get his starting spot back. I mean, Lennon has just looked, like I said, he's looked like the class of the side. And, uh, you know, Jordan can get back on the field, great. If not, uh, he's signing up for the Monarchs. Ah, uh, yeah. The Monarchs are still killing it, dude. Dude, the they Monarchs, work. they for real are way good right now. They are for They are the business. You know what I mean? So talking about young guys, though, we already talked about Danilo Acosta. Um, he looked amazing. Brooks Lennon, yes. Sebastian Salcedo, dude, I like. Dude, I like Salcedo. That kid's gonna get red cards. Like he goes in into a slide way too often. He does. He does not give one. He does not give two. <laughs> that Dan. Listen, he, he doesn't, doesn't care. He, he doesn't give two rips what's going on. You know what I mean? He's going to go in studs up. Dude, He's speaking go of studs up, friggin' Lava is garbage. Yeah, how does he not get a red card? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Are you kidding me, Baldomero Toledo? Hey, speaking dude, Toledo, of Baldomero Toledo, Toledo. Toledo's hair, though, on point. Just, just so bad, dude. Just... <laughs> Just so thin and so greasy. Dude, and he was so, so self-conscious. He was so self-conscious. Zero he minutes kept... of stoppage time. Zero oh, minutes yeah. of he stoppage was, time. He wanted nothing He's like, we're getting... He's like, have you ever seen that before? Like, I've never... I've seen it in a first no. half of a game. I've no. never seen a second half go zero minutes of stoppage time. Listen, friends. Baldomero Toledo, basically, at the end of that game, it hit 90 minutes, and he said, nos vamos. <laughs> Which means, let's go. We're out of here. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, but the young guys, I can't wait for Justin Glad to get back. We have four young players. Let's be honest right now. Roosnock's 22. Players. He's young too, right? Okay, he's really young. I'm talking about the four academy guys. Though. Okay. Like the oh. four academy guys plus Roosnock that's 22. We've got some freaking young stunners, dude. We need to get a rap song for these young stunners. Uh, who's going to write it? I don't know. One of the youngs. One of the young rappers, you know? Young. Young Jeezy. Young Jeezy. What about young, I don't know, young winger. Do you think winger raps at all? Nah, not even a lick. <laughs> I mean, listen, you've got, you've got Danilo Acosta, who's 19 years old. You've got Brooks Lennon, who's 19 years old. You've got friggin' Sebastian Salcedo, 20 years old. Um, Ricardo Velasco's a little bit older. Uh, he's whatever. We won't even talk about him. So, Jordan, so I know I know we're down on Jordan Allen right now because he's been injured, but Jordan Allen is 22. Right. He's 20-something. He's 20-something. He's young. Right. I mean, things are looking up. Our, our, our keeper's like 506. We're good. Cool, and our dude. backup keeper looks like he's a caveman. <laughs> and he can't close his eyes. Um, that's got uh, that's gotta suck. 
Well, anyway, I think that's gonna get, that's gonna be a wrap for us. We've got a game next week at seven o'clock Mountain Standard Time against the Crapids. Um, our only Ooh. hope, our only hope at this point is that we can beat them three zero. Um, let's get some predictions real quick because I like the predictions, Carson. We'll get some predictions from Carson, from me, and then we'll talk to we'll bring Mike on one more time and get get some predictions from him. But first off, Carson, what are our predictions? What's the what's the what's the 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 score line at the end of the game? First first match of the um, Rocky Mountain Cup. Who scores the goals as well? Okay, guys, this is what's going to happen. The scoring trend continues. We Not net Luke. three. We we net three goals. The Colorado Rapids net one. It's a three-one victory on the road at Dick's Sporting Good Park. Oh my god! For the Crapids, and we're going to see goals from Joel Plata, Jerome Obsisian, and Albert Prince Rusnak. I like it. So our three. Okay, I like it. I like it. When's Lennon going to score? That's the question. Lennon doesn't need to. Lennon's going to have a couple assists, though. Okay. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, I think I think we're going to come. I think it's going to be tough. I think we're going to pull out with a victory, 1-0. This is me being positive. And I think the goal score is going to be none other than uh, Kyle Beckerman's going to finally just put one of his knuckleballs <laughs> in the back of the net. One Becker of his bomb. left-footed bombs. One of his Becker bombs. The left-footed Becker bomb from out outside the 18. He's going to... Listen, he tries at least one every game, and it just never goes in, but he's going to do it this time. I can feel it. Man, he used to, he used to throw down on Becker bombs, dude. At least four or five a year back in the day. Dude, dude I love those knuckleballs, though. Like, if you slow down and watch that ball, it is just not spinning and just cutting through the air. It's incredible. Okay, we'll get Mike on here. Petkey, uh, you there? Uh, hello. Hey, hey, Mike. Oh. We're just we're, we're just looking to get a prediction from uh, Saturday's game. Look, uh, we could go out there and win ten zero. We could go out there and lose ten uh, zero. Okay, but it doesn't mean anything because it's just one game. <laughs> could could you expound? <laughs> <laughs> could you expound on that? I I felt like you said that last week. So let me uh, let me put it a little more clearly. If we lose ten to zero, and if we win ten to zero, one's a win, one's a loss, means the same thing. But what we want to see is we want to see the things we're implementing in practice every day. We want to see those things being implemented into our style of play, and we'll go from there, and the results will follow. So what are we what are we planning on working on as a squad this week in practice and sessions? What are you looking for? Uh, I would like to see our goalkeeper not tackle our attacking midfielder after the game. Um, I would like to see a little professionalism, and I would like to see us uh, beat the shit out of the Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. <gasps> Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. yep. Um, uh, <laughs> so, Carson, um, I don't know what you have to say about that, but uh, colorful guy, colorful guy that Mike is. You know what I mean? He, wise he gets, words. He puts wise them churros. Wise he, puts, he, he puts them churros in his mouth. You know what I mean? 
Um, that's a wrap, guys. Peace be the journey. Thanks for listening in. Love you, Long Tim. Carson, what do you got to say? Uh, I still believe we're going to beat the Crapids. Rock beat the Crapids. Coming our way. Let's do it. Love you, Long Time. Bye. Okay, all right. We'll see you later. Bye.